0: Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu and That's Badass Wood Art here to cover day two of the Vikings Titans joint practice in anticipation of Saturday's preseason game and kind of a lot to talk about. But before we dive right into things that we talk about, welcome Ryan to the show per usual, but a new person, a new face you may have seen him out on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. <laughs> it's Nick Miller, always engaging with our stuff and just really great takes. And so we wanted to get you on the show and talk to to the Vikings world here, um, kind of your thoughts on what's going on. So welcome to the show and let's dive right in. Let's dive right in and let's ta- let's let's talk about some of the guys who missed practice today. So. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the list in front of me right here, but we, Jordan Addison missed again. We heard the other day that concussion symptoms, um, so just going to hold them out, and then I think we're all kind of on the same page there. Yeah, n- no sense pushing them out there. Um, but, Brian, or Ryan, I want to talk to you first. Are you concerned at all about the fact that Brian Osamo is just kind of not practicing?
1: No, not really. I mean, we don't know why, right? Like, I mean, there is speculation but I mean, I don't know. I, I trust the coaches <laughs> to do what's best interest. I, I'd rather I'd be more concerned of his regular season, right? Like preseason doesn't really matter. Obviously, I want him to get the reps. I want him to, you know, um gel a bit more with his running mates here. uh yeah. and, and and just get in the flow of things. But honestly, if, if there's anything of like even slight concern, let's just hold him out, uh keep him healthy. We're gonna need him this year. I know I've been pace, has been playing well this year, but You know, or you know, this preseason, but it it, still—he's a rookie. He's going to be making much more mistakes, than Asamoah likely will be. So, I want to make sure that we're uh, having him ready to go uh, come you know Bucks game on September 10th. So, you
0: think that you think that uh, Ivan Pace is coming for that job? No, I mean, (laughs) I I think they might split reps potentially.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I think they might split. I mean, sure, Pace is like looking good but he's also not he's not like he's going against some of our ones in practice and and he's looking pretty decent but he hasn't had live game action against like full on like let's roll against ones yet and even against the twos last week sure yeah he, he had some good plays but he also had some big misses uh in, yeah. especially in coverage right and I, mm-hmm. I think that's where Asamo can you know probably have a leg up there in, in terms of the coverage as well so um yeah, but honestly, I just I hope it's those two, to be mm-hmm. honest. I hope it's Pace and, and Asamoa by season's end with Hicks sprinkling in there. I, I doubt that's the case, but uh, that that's the ideal is, you know, that's going to be the future of the room, at least in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, they may have struck gold with uh, Pace going undrafted. I mean, I, know, I think a number of us when were doing those PFF mock simulators, we're, we're taking him <laughs> in the fourth, fifth round, and we somehow got him UDFA. but – I mean, I wouldn't discount Have if you guys ever heard Kevin O'Connell talk about uh, a player with, you know, that gold star type thing and the stuff he went in. I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's complimented players in the past, but he was really gassing them up. And, you know, mm-hmm. what they say and, uh, you know, you can't make the, the club in the tub and, you know, Asamoah, I mean, we've gone this whole offseason just expecting him to, you know, take the next step that we know that, you know, he's going to be the man. He's going to do it. He showed out on those few plays last year. But we still don't know like how good he actually is. And, you know, he gotten a few games last year. You know, he, like I said, he shows some plays, but you know, if Pace is the one that's there. He's making all the coaches decisions. You know, Brian Flores is brand new. He wasn't there when Asima was drafted. He has no, you know, loyalty to to anyone. He's just going to, as we've seen, play the best players. And that's why we see, you know, players like Andrew Booth and then Lewisine be on you know, second and, and third team when they're playing. And so, you know, if Ivan Pace is there, He's making all the right reads as Kevin O'Connell said. He's, he's doing all the right things. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't discount him as being able to compete with Brian Asamoa When we Brian Osomoa is unproven. I mean, I take it out with the fact that he's a third round pick. So I know Ryan, he's he's an Oklahoma guy, but uh, beyond that, I mean, okay. like I want him to have all the success you know in the world, but uh, you know we'll have to see, and we don't know what the injury is. I mean, Kevin, I think Kevin O'Connell said there was just going to be a few days in a stinger, so hopefully he's back next week. But I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, but all I, I've I, seen
1: I, is like minor injury, and yeah, like I said, it's just not worth that where risking no, that becoming more of a yeah. major injury right now in, in these practices, you know, well, just get them healthy. And yeah.
2: Well, the the other thing to consider is that, you know, it might not be, you know, I think in the past we've just been so locked in on, you know, here are your starters here are the guys that's going to play like that. It might be with the amount of packages and different sub packages we've been seeing through training camp. It might be Ivan Pace plays here and Hicks plays there. And, you know, it just is really determined. And as you know, Flores has said, Four, who are we playing when it comes to 4-3 three or 3-4? Three, so it might just be, you know, what is the correct matchup for the team? And ideally, we want all of them out there competing, but I think that we got very lucky that Pace is showing out the way he is uh, relative to rest of that linebacker death.
0: Yeah. oh yeah. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, Raymond, by the way, everyone, hello in the chat. I see a few, few of you folks here, Raymond, uh, Justin, Mary. But Raymond hit us up with a question, and it was something I wanted to talk about today. Um, after a very strong performance, I think, in the Seattle game and even in day one of joint practices with the Titans, Mikai Blackman left practice today. And all we know is that it's an arm injury. Um, I don't think we've got, as of 4 o'clock, any official you know, diagnosis of, of kind of what happened to his arm, but he appeared to be in a lot of pain. And so when we think about the cornerback group as a whole, Obviously, we got a Caleb Evans and and Byron Murphy Jr. starting. But behind that, there's a lot of question marks, and an injured Makai Blackman is not going to help that. Are you guys concerned about kind of how just that cornerback depth in general, and are you concerned about, you know, I'll I'll just leave it there, cornerback depth in general?
2: I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little concerned um, just because I think that we haven't seen the development from Andrew Booth that we'd like to see. It seems like he had a few good plays um, at practice today. I think that he, uh, you know, got the interception at the end, but then notoriously uh, threw it at the Titan sideline, which I actually love, by the way. Yeah. Uh, for, for a player like, obviously, I don't think it was like the smartest move. But for Andrew Booth, who has seen some struggles recently, um, yeah. getting all fired up and getting very invested, I think I'd like to see a little bit more fire and activity out of him uh, just in general and see how that carries over. I mean, I want him to get a little taste of success and maybe that will yeah. will spring forward. But um, in general, we just have a lot of unproven players. I mean, um, so I, we brought in Ronald Darby uh, for a visit, but he got signed by the Ravens this afternoon, which is bad timing, especially because any, you know, uh, <laughs> injuries happen today. But I, I mean, it's just we have a lot of unproven players. Um, yeah. And I think Blackman, you know, rising to the top was kind of what we expected after they loved him. Uh, after drafting him you know late on day two but um i think to some extent you know i get the sense that we're gonna we might bring in a veteran presence in that's why we brought in ronald darby but we might just kind of ride and die with our, our our young and young corners and see what they got and see who who develops and, and who produces um there's still a long time to the season i hope you know whatever stinger or anything he had with his arm you know re- recovers but you know, all it takes is just one injury out of that group. And it really starts to get thin quickly. Um, And we have depth in a lot of areas on our team. And I know we've always been concerned about the cornerback depth, but I think today uh, with, you know, Blackman going out and then uh, the coach pulling a Caleb Evans towards the end of practice, it can get thin really quick. And that's something that they have to be looking at uh, towards the rest of the preseason. Yeah, for those. Yeah.
1: And again, real quick too. uh, Yeah. I mean, going back to the Asamoa conversation, right? Uh, we're 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 being cautious. Mm-hmm. Yo, for sure. Caleb Evans, we're being cautious. He went through three concussions last year. He seemed to be fine after the play, but we want to just make sure that he's good. So let's take him out of this play. We don't need to lose to him preseason uh, to something that doesn't really matter right now. Obviously, he's shown out well this year. But Kai Blackman, again, it looked like he was in some pain from what I've been reading uh, from the folks who are actually there. So obviously, that's a bit more concerning. But again, yeah, you know, we don't know. So we shouldn't speculate too much. It could have just been a stinger or whatnot. And uh, hopefully, it's nothing much more than that. Uh, Booth. Yeah, dude, like I love that. I (laughs) I absolutely love that. Like, yeah, you got, you know, kind of got burned last week in the preseason game. That's not great to see against. I'm assuming that's like a, uh, twos, threes that he was going against in that game. But yeah, to kind of come in, come completely. It wasn't even his guy that, that, uh, he was covering. So watching the play, he completely came off his guy as he was watching the quarterback and, and made a play on, on a throw to a different player that, and one of our other guys was guarding. Right. So, um, and it sounds like there was a lot of chirping, especially because he let up a big play that got called back on a on a penalty. So he had already let up a big play on that drive. um That got called back, so it didn't affect us. But you know, they're chirping at him, so I think that was a little you love for that though. ball.
2: No, that's oh, what you, dude, you brighter. know me.
1: I love my dogs, and <laughs> and obviously, he's not dumb enough to do that in a regular season game. Yeah, like he wouldn't do that. Like this is practice. We're all fired up. I mean, you saw. I think it was. Patriots Packers got into like a big brawl today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judon said seventeen of those guys or whatever it was wouldn't be playing right now if it was a regular season game because <laughs> of how bad it got. That stuff doesn't happen in the regular season. Let them right. get that fire. Let them get that confidence. Um, yes. Obviously, if this was like a real game situation, he did that. Obviously, we'd all be pissed. But you know, <laughs> let's let's see some fire out of them. I love to see it, just like you said, Nick.
0: Yeah, the the fire in, in especially in 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 cornerbacks like. You kind of have to have that like cockiness and confidence and because otherwise you're just gonna get shut down all the time. So as long as Andrew Booth is, is staying healthy and, and and making plays, I don't care kind of what he does on the field in terms of celebration. Like even even what we saw today, I think I'd go as far to say, like, I would I would be okay with that in a game. Like if he chucked he'd get fined in that doesn't come out of my wallet. So I don't care. <laughs> and it's likely just going to be enforced on, you know, I, I guess it would be enforced on the offense. Cause I was thinking maybe if it was a well, touchdown, it, be it be was, a, it was the end of it, I think it was the end of a two minute drill. So
2: that was a game winning interception. Game-win. Chuck we'll, we'll, that ball at their we'll, face. We'll take the 15, 15 yard penalty. But you know, I think it also shows like he's been struggling. I think we all know he's been struggling a little bit. And if, you know, he's still got that fire. He's still getting pumped up. He's still into it. I think that's a good sign. Now, if he was just kind of, like, beaten down or his confidence was was shot, then I'd actually be concerned for him long-term. But, you know, as long as he is, he's is, he got that fire going, like, I think that we can count on him to at least be given his all and, and hopefully continue his development.
0: I think you bring up a good point, and it, it's something that, as fans, we often forget still. And, and I think we we do a good job bringing it up on the show, but these guys are people, and, you know, they're they're fighting their asses off to, you know, get on the field, make plays, do whatever. And it's probably been a very frustrating start to Andrew Booth's career. You know, a second round draft pick, a lot of expectations. He gets hurt, doesn't really play that often, finally gets healthy, gets hurt again. Um, and it's just been this this snowball effect for him. So today might have felt like just, OK, maybe this is the, the point where we can we can build off of it. Mm-hmm. And he caught that ball and chucked it at the Titans and well, I'm down for it. Well, based based on uh Mekhi Blackman
2: leaving the game and stuff, I think Andrew Booth is should plan on paying uh, playing about all four quarters uh comes come Saturday based upon where he's at his development. So we're we're gonna see uh quite a bit of uh Booth and his development uh coming up here in a few Not days. Not a good
0: opportunity. Um we talked about the the cornerback depth. Um thank you, Raymond. We'll see you later. Um Brian brings up a good point once you get cut down to 53, other teams are cutting their rosters too. So I I would expect that cornerback room in in some, maybe some other positions as well to be kind of fluid as they kind of survey. um, And there's
1: quite a few, there's quite a few like available right now, like veterans out there. Like I I know mm -hmm. that Ronald Darby just got signed, but Casey Hayward's out there. William Jackson's out there. Bradley Roby, I believe is out there uh, um, PJ okay. Williams. So, I mean, like there's names, yeah. right. Like yeah. that people are familiar with Logan Ryan. He's familiar with this system as well. Ooh.
0: So, I mean, there, there's definitely Heard players out there
1: available. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Mary asked the question, how much will Flores move this defense up? Well, the buzz in training camp and some of these joint practices is that the, the Brian Flores defense has been relentless. I think I saw today that Deniel Hunter, I, I, I'm going to get it wrong. Let me see if I have it here. But he was just—he was just a sack machine.
2: I, I, I think I saw that he was going to have at least three sacks. Um, yes. On yeah. I, was, I forget who who tweeted it out, but yeah. I mean, that's very encouraging to see.
0: Yeah. And and I don't know, Mary. I think that's a that's a really good question. I think I would say I would take top twenty a top twenty defense. Thank you, Ryan. Um, I would take a top twenty defense, but there's really only one way to go and that's kind of up from last year. So uh, I think a lot of the success on this team would kind of relies on that defensive side of the ball. But what are what are you guys' thoughts on that? Are you expecting like a top 10 defense? Cause I, th- I think some fans no. are. No, I think absolutely. some fans are are hyped up. I just don't
1: think we have a talent enough to get there. And Like you can scheme all you want, but you have to have talent. And with a young DB room, as as um, as we've kind of talked about throughout the show, um, a lot of inexperience there, brand new system, right? Uh, even defensive line, right? We have a couple good edge rushers, and but outside of that, our defensive lines very suspect. Linebackers are young, and Jordan Hicks, right? like DB room is young besides Byron Murphy and, still and young. Harrison Smith. And yeah, he's 25. Right. So like, we, we just, we just don't have the experience and like, or in like top end experience to, to put out a top 10 defense, I'd say middle of the pack though. I mean, what? I think we can scheme our way to middle of the pack, 15, 20, somewhere in there.
0: What year did Brian Flores go to Miami? 2019.
1: Yeah, that sounds
2: right. Uh, and, and I think the first year, uh, he had that defense. It was ranked 32. Um, so, um, I it uh, they're they're for Lisa, and I think that's a completely different team. Though they didn't have some of the star players uh, like Her- like Harrison Smith or Daniel Hunter that that we have in established defense. But you know, Ryan, I agree. I I, I think there's going to be some growing pains this year. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of young players that can. Um, you know, develop, but to expect them to be flawless and not make mistakes, uh, especially when a defense it seems like that's set up to be, you know, kind of a an all or nothing. Live live by the blitz, die by the blitz. If they get there, great. And yes, the corners to hold up. If the blitz doesn't get there, then you know, you know, let's hold our hands together and pray um, that you know, do will <laughs> give up uh, too too big of a play um, on that. And so, I think what we might find is. You know, when we're facing teams that uh, maybe have a young quarterback or one that's, you know, middle of the pack or late, like against Tampa. I think, you know, it's gonna be the first time our scheme comes up there. We're probably paying playing Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I expect the defense to look great. And then we go back a few days later and we're gonna be playing the uh hurts and the Eagles. Uh, they might not they might be able to figure it out a little bit more. I would expect, you know, those those, those teams that have, you know, the Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, you know, they're going to have an easier time, you know, trying to figure out, you know, our, our defense in the scheme, but we'll have a lot of success against some of the younger quarterbacks, which I think we have a good mix in the roster. I think within the division, I think, you know, it, as long as uh, Fields doesn't run all over us, like this could be, you know, proved to be confusing, uh, you know, for, for him as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see also throughout the season, how much, you know, we have this, you know, I think Ryan Tannehill called it a, a unique scheme but not a unique unique scheme um, yesterday uh, and, <laughs> yes, you know, yes whatever whatever that means but you know teams will start to, to figure out and it'll be how the Vikings can you know adapt throughout the year but also how can our players grow uh, within the system as well to help balance it out so I think you know, we should expect improvement this year, but I think anyone expecting a top 10 defense uh, needs to, you know, reel in their expectations a little bit upon, you know, the youth of this team and, and the opportunity for growth that's there uh, after last year.
0: I think uh, this, this will inspire a, a post later on after we're off the air, but I, I did go and look about um, just kind of Brian Flores with the Miami Dolphins. He took that defense when it was 28th overall and then he was be, became the head coach and you are correct 32nd last in the league uh in points per game 28th in yards per game so viking fans expecting a huge significant jump forward we might we might statistically speaking could take a step back from a points per game or yards per game perspe- perspective um what i am curious though is I, or what I hope for is that Brian Flores is not one and done here in Minnesota. I really do hope that it's a two-year. Well, and, for and him. Nick
1: makes a, Nick makes a good point though, right? Like, are we have more talent on this defense than yes. Miami had back then, right? Like, yes. that was pre Christian Wilkins, that was pre uh, Javon Holland, right? Like, they ended up getting some really really good pieces in there by the time he left, and it became a really good defense. Yeah, We have some of those, like we have mm-hmm. two good addressers. We have a good safety. We have a good cornerback. Um, so like, yeah, I, I, I think we're, I, I think we're going to perform much better than the 32nd ranked. Um, I think we're going to be a much more improved defense from last year.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about a couple other things uh, that kind of took place today. I wish I had the video loaded for the stream, but Christian Darasaw, just absolutely sent some other kid to a whole nother planet on, on his pancake block. I, if you haven't seen the video, I'm sure if you just searched Reddit, Twitter, I'm sure it's on Facebook by now. He, he just buried this guy. And it just, when we look back on kind of Rick Spielman's tenure as Vikings GM, he had a lot of hits, but setting us up with two pivotal young players in Justin Jefferson and Christian Darizaw, I mean, it's it's a launching pad for the future. And, and in I know his his career kind of started out rocky with the injury; um, he wasn't really ready to play. But the second that man has stepped on the field, he's just been improving day after day, week after week, and it's 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 eerily similar to Brian O'Neill. But I would even go as far to say that Christian Darizaw at this at this point in his career. Has surpassed where Brian O'Neill was at the at, at whatever point that was. I mean, I mean, we're we're talking. I won't say Hall of Fame, but we're talking like legit All Pro left tackle for the foreseeable future if everything continues to to progress how we've seen it. Yeah, and the the crazy thing about you know I I love giving Rick credit for
2: that because you know Rick does deserve some credit for some of his picks, but both of those if you think back whether it be Justin Jefferson or Christian Darrisal. Jefferson, they had to, you know, uh, hope and pray they passed on, you know, now teammate Jim Ragerwood in that famous video. But don't forget that the Oakland Raiders uh, took uh, Alex, Alex Leatherwood. Leatherwood right before Christian Darrisaw, <laughs> and that never happened. We could have ended up with uh, Rager and uh, and Leatherwood, and, and how much different would we be thinking about, you know, well, we might be, you know, we probably would have drafted maybe in the top 10 last year, um, <laughs> had, had that been the case. But no, it, it's just so impressive, and we are we are so lucky to have you know, those bookend tackles. And it's, yeah. it's crazy to think that Christian Darisol might even take, you know, that next step this year. What exactly does that, that look like? And uh, if we could figure out some sort of competent uh, guard play this year, uh, that offensive line could be looking uh, very solid to, to protect yes. Kirk.
0: And we'll get so many of those uh, injury moments we saw in quarterback. <laughs> we lost Ryan for the oh, show. He did yeah. warn us beforehand yeah. that, he, that he would have to be on. So Nick, here we are. It's like it's like Brian O'Neill's rookie season. You know, uh, get a rice the occasion. <laughs> yep you you are on on the spotlight here. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Things could look drastically different if if the Eagles and Raiders do things just a little bit differently in those drafts. But yeah, Christian Darosaw is just exceptional. You know, it's it, it's not even just he's he's strong. He's nimble. His his technique is just really sound and. I'm sure every night he goes to bed and is just counting his money he's going to give in the future because <laughs> it's going to be a very rich contract.
2: It, it, it will be, you know, we are, we're waiting for, obviously we waiting for TJ Hawkinson. We're waiting for Justin Jefferson. Uh, but next year, if, uh, you know, Andrew Thomas uh, is, is any indication, <laughs> that's going to be north of. 25 million itself. So uh, Quesi uh, needs to be going to the Wilfs and uh, they need to be saving as much money as they, they possibly can maybe doing some more sponsorships, whatever it might be, but uh, yes. there's some hefty contracts coming.
0: Yes, for sure. Um Some other takeaways today. Um I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Kirk cousins dropped the gritty today on a, they were do. I don't know what they were doing. uh Just some the quarterbacks were like running routes for the quarterbacks and Kirk cousins did a little move and caught it. And then yeah, whipped out the gritty and hey, it, his, his gritty did not look awful. I will say that it
2: seems like he's been practicing a little bit, um, but you, you know what? I will take anything over that little side to side arm waving thing that we got a few years ago when he, when he ran oh, in yeah, that touchdown. He so, arms out. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. I, uh, um, no, I mean, I just have, I, I love it. I love them out there having fun, uh, doing, yeah. doing some stuff for the, the fans. I'm sure uh, everyone would love to see it. So, you know, let's bring
0: more of that and
2: those, those tiny little moments in training camp.
0: If Jason or Miles were here right now, they would just be dogging us right now. They, they, they wouldn't entertain this conversation. Just, <laughs> they would shut that down immediately. Come but Come on, man. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it just – I think it again – we've talked about it at nauseum on this show specifically, but it just goes to show – Kirk Cousins' comfort level. I mean, oh. mm-hmm. his everything is just kind of. It feels like it's coming together for Kirk Cousins in the sense that he's with a head coach that really likes him, and and he gets along with. Con- consecutive years, same scheme, same play caller. I think the quarterback Netflix series did wonders from hit for him from from a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. I think he he got a lot of supporters in that, and I think I mean, you can just see him kind of. He's kind of like the cool, cool vet out there right now, um, yeah, what, in what a quirky he, way. Yeah, I think he in a recent interview he was
2: describing as nerd swag, which <laughs> I love the term. But I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's, it's, fa- it's amazing and and fascinating to see his development, his personality uh, over this yeah. period of time. But I would also, it's really just unfortunate that you know he's finally just when we're getting to this point you know, when he's, you know, uh, in
0: a contract year, <laughs>
2: contract year, he's running to this point. He's getting into his, to, to his own. He's feeling himself. We're five years into the tenure. If, if we got this and we were in a situation where, you know, Kirk was, was this way when we signed him in 2018, you know, who knows where this team could be right now. And that's not, you know, it's always time and situation and development right now, but you know, what we just talked about the, the, the future contracts are coming down, you know, the pike for the Vikings, and it'll be, obviously, this topic has been talked about uh, ad nauseum, but it'll just be fascinating to see, you know, what happens going forward with Kirk, and there's many theories about that, but it just, I love to see him going into going to his own, I've always questioned, you know, this part of Kirk, where's that kind of interpersonal, that, like, you know, that dynamic, that team leader, and he finally seems to have it, and yes. just at, at the very end, when when he might be, you know, leaving the team, uh, he he's uh, he's he's going into it. So um, I'm fascinated to see how that develops throughout the year, and and you know, if it stays that way, and Kirko James plays the way he did last year, it could be a special year. But um, you know, it's just uh, it's uh, you know good for him, and you know, I'm yeah. happy that he's he's feeling himself. He deserves that, and if it's not with us, you know, next year, hopefully he he goes to a place where you know, he can still you know feel that same level of confidence.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I know both of us didn't get to attend practice today, but were there any other kind of takeaways that you took from the joint practice? I
2: I think, you know, with Jordan Addison being out, it seems like it's minor with those concussion symptoms. There are multiple areas of the team in which we've actually, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the thinness at corner or you know the linebacker situation, but we've got some depth in a few spots. You There's know, wide receiver, good I, think, I, I think Tristan Jackson sound like he, Luckily, that injury that he suffered you know, about a week ago wasn't, you know, uh, too awful, and he's able to get back making big plays. You know, we kind of wrote off as a fan base Jalen Rager. Um, and it seems like he's still having a good camp. Brandon Powell is coming out of nowhere. I didn't know Brandon know. Powell this in him when we signed him, and here he is showing out. Uh, I think we're all still believers in Jalen Naylor. I mean, and then Nikhil Harry looks like yeah. he's still making making plays. He's a big body. Taylor Thomas. Out. Yeah, he's he's yeah. I I think we've got a number, uh, a lot of depth at wide receiver. I think we got a lot of depth at safety, Um, you know, even going down to Theo Jackson, um, I think has been performing well at training camp. So it'll be interesting to see how the bottom of the roster shapes out. And they're going to be cutting guys in that they don't want to cut. And there's going to be places in the roster where they wish they had more depth than what they had. I mean, I don't know if anyone's trading for, you know, uh, Tristan Jackson or whatever, but it's, it's, it's a, it's really interesting to see where this team has done a great job in scouting, you know, young players, bringing them on the team and where they're yeah. still uh, a deficient and, and how these training cap battles will play out. And, you know, I think going into it, we were thinking maybe they're only going to keep, you know, five wide receivers. Well now maybe they keep six and maybe Dwayne McBride <laughs> goes away. So will just, the calculus at the bottom of, of the roster will be really fascinating over the next few weeks.
0: Yeah. We went through an exercise just a couple weeks ago, the, the, the fifty-three, yeah. Um, just projecting the fifty-three, and you, you you start to fill in the positions, and then you're like, "Holy crap! Are we? How are we gonna? How are we gonna get down to fifty-three? It's gonna be a lot of tough decisions." And to your point, you know, with young guys like Tristan Jackson kind of making a name for themselves here in camp, um, and it, this isn't to dismiss what kind of Jalen Rager did last week because I think the game versus Seattle really kind of helped propel him a little <laughs> bit more. But it wouldn't surprise me, and Miles has brought this up on the show before, but maybe maybe the Vikings call teams and say, hey, you want Jalen Rager for a sixth, conditional seventh? like Whatever the case may be, um, just to get some draft capital on, but then keep kind of developing those young guys because we do know they like Jalen Naylor. Tristan Jackson is, is balling out in camp um, now that he's bounced back from that injury. Brandon Powell is so cheap. Um, and kind of can do the same things that Jalen Rager can, so mm-hmm. it might be a such situ- a situation like that for sure.
2: Well, if we can get anything for for Jalen Rager, that would be <laughs> a steal because his contract is just I or mean, they just eat the money. Yeah, it's two point four one million guaranteed. So if they can yeah. if they can save that space, that would be that'd be amazing. But you know, we'll see if that happens. But um, yeah, I mean, they I think that they are going to try to put some of these players on their practice squad and. Uh, And hopefully they can slip them through. It'll be interesting as well. This is the first year that they're doing just the straight 90 to 53 man drop off. So we don't know if that's going to, you know, cause more teams just to want to keep their own guys. And we're going to see as many, you know, player swapping and and waivers at the end of this period. So maybe, you know, they're thinking that they can sneak some of these guys through uh, that they wouldn't have been able to in the past.
0: Last kind of thing on the, on the wide receiver group. And I feel like we're going to look back at training camp, probably like two weeks into the season and be like, Damn, we forgot that KJ Osborne is good because that guy has been no one, no one is talking about KJ Osborne in in training camp. Mm-hmm. And but yet he's he, I mean, he's playing really well. He's doing exactly what you'd expect from a wide receiver too. And I don't think Jordan Addison comes in and just supplants him at wide receiver two. I think it's something that Addison will have to earn along the way. And, and, and I think eventually he will throughout the course of the season. Um, but I would expect a, a very big role for KJ Osborne as we roll through this season. And he, every day he's, he's showing up, he's doing what he needs to do. And so yeah, I th- contract
2: th- year th- too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's because KJ Osborne doesn't have that, like, you know, trump card trade or anything like that he just does everything really well like above above average rate and just thinking I I remember um Alec Lewis wrote that great piece on KJ Osborne during the season last year you know just talking about all the little tiny things that coach asked him to do um that helped the team whether it be from a run blocking standpoint or you know running a route that might free up uh, Justin Jefferson and him just being a team player. Um, yeah. and those are the, those are the glue guys on the team. And, you know, the way that's set up, you know, we know the future of the position is Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, and they probably can't afford, uh, KJ Osborne moving forward. But, you know, those are the guys that, that really make a team, those, uh, above average players those unsung heroes. So yeah, I think it's gonna be tough for, for Jordan Anderson to, to uh, you know, just kind of jump past him, and that's what everyone's expecting. Especially all these fantasy analysts uh, yes. on, on X um, are just saying, you know, remember Justin Jefferson? You know, didn't start till week three. This is the same situation with KJ Osborne. I think that they're discrediting KJ Osborne uh, a little bit too much, and the other things that he does, especially yeah. when you consider, I don't know if you watched, the, you know, uh, Jordan Addison had those highlight plays against Seattle, that toe <laughs> tap. But I don't know yes. if you noticed those first few plays where he tried to do those crack blocks and got ran over immediately. He's got <laughs> to work a little bit on his uh, his, his run blocking if I, I think he's going to uh, get out there and be wide receiver two uh, immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing that when people bring up the Justin Jefferson thing, like Justin Jefferson was competing against in uh, Ola B.C. Johnson. Like th- that's not... K.J. Osborne is far more experienced and talented than than Ola yeah, BC. And, and, we liked a bc on this show yeah but it's going to be a lot more difficult for that and, so. and it
2: was and it was the COVID training camp too so everything got That's true. got messed up as well so it That's just true. it just took a it, it it seemed like the reason they were keeping jefferson out was not because bc johnson was you know destroying a camp but i think that it was just uh helping jefferson learn the offense a little bit better and so that way when he got in then he just never stopped
0: yeah um, last thing, anything from you, from a, from a joint practice recap, and then we'll, we'll call it a show.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm fascinated to hear, you know, a little bit of some of the, the takeaway from the coaches, you know, over the yeah. next few days and after Saturday, I think that, you know, while we, as you know just from this this fan perspective here looking at it from you know what are the big plays and stuff we saw probably a lot of the the tiny different technique things that happened behind the scenes that we didn't really notice that are going to be a huge factor when they look watch back the tape and determining you know uh, where players stand who's making the bottom of the roster how things went on special teams that you know we're watching all these crazy justin Jefferson one hand catch like he had today um but uh missing that stuff so through this this practice Uh, It was great to see them competing against another team, looking good. Looks like we got some validation on some of the things that we're doing on on defense, on offense, Um, and then matching up with the Cardinals again next week. Um, I'm just really, uh, I'm excited that, uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings organization see so much value in these joint practices Um, and, you know, not even what we get on the field, but, you know, we're exposing between 90 men on, uh, the Titans and another 90 and the Cardinals, um, you know, next week, there's 180 players that are seeing the, the number one facilities in the NFL, uh, that could be beneficial, uh, to, to re- recruitment for, for future years. So, um, no, I love it. It's been fascinating to watch as a fan and, you know, uh, I'm excited to, to see how that translates on Saturday and then into next week
0: with, uh, Arizona and welcome back, Ryan. Uh, we we're just going to round the show out, but now yeah. I feel like I, I kind of feel obligated to go another like five, ten minutes because you're. No, back. you don't
1: have to. I literally I was like, I pulled up Twitter when uh, when the
0: estimate people left
1: and uh, I saw you guys are still rolling. so I just back.
0: You up. know what, Ryan, you can answer the last question we have in the chat here from from too evil to hope. Do You guys agree that scene booth and Ingram are looking like busts.
1: It's hard to tell a bust after one year. Two of those guys were completely riddled with injuries, and now they're all – well, two of those three um, are in their second system in two years. So, no, I'm not going to label them as bust. Now, Ingram I am a little bit more concerned about than the other two, to be honest, even though he's the only one that's been able to stay healthy because he has had you know 17 games of experience – Didn't look great. Didn't look great last week against the twos um, that he played against uh, in preseason against Seahawks. A bit more concerned about, to be honest, but, um, you know, you, you learn and you grow as, as players. And, 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 you know, most of these offensive linemen usually take at least another year. to to really find their stride. So hopefully they do – or he does that. Again, seeing – coming off that catastrophic knee injury, he actually looked good last week. I know he got, like, plowed over three times in that game by, I don't know, say his last name, Zach Chardonnay. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, But he was there. He made the play. Like, whether he he got the tackle or not, that's irrelevant. He stopped him from getting another – maybe eight, 10 yards. Cause he was there, slowed him down. Pace came in and made the tackle uh, on, I'm just thinking of one specific scenario. So he was there making the play. Yes. Should he wrap up instead of going for the boomstick there? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he, he's still, he's still there and in, in the right spot at the right time, his closing speeds insane. So I, I really love what I see there and booth. Like, a, like we've mentioned earlier when I was actually on here, Um, he's just been riddled with injuries, but I Mm -hmm. I think the talent is there. And, uh, and again, today he came off and made a really nice play in the end zone to to end a two minute drive. Um, And, and I think the talent's there. He's just got to stay healthy and get his head on straight and learn the second system in two years. So um, he's got a little work to do, but I'm not giving up on these guys quite yet.
0: I do have a quick question for you guys. Something that kind of popped into my head and is more so around the new, Cut down day rule. So obviously, there's three preseason games. The cut down now just goes 90 to 53. I really think that after this weekend, teams might make a lot of moves in the sense that, like, okay, we've seen two games of some of these people. It's time to kind of move on and bring some other guys in to see if we can't see what they' what what they can do in one more preseason game. I think that's a way that that teams might try and game the system a little bit because I don't know if coaches enjoy the cut down from 90 to 53 um because I do think there are a lot of fringe roster positions that they want to evaluate and um I don't know I, I don't know that's just that's just a theory I have as we head into. This weekend, if, if things don't pan out, and, and the one I'm thinking about the most actually is Ed Ingram. If he doesn't play super well on Saturday, they might just they might make that call right away and say, "All right, Dalton Reisner, you're in here, or, or whoever the guard might be." So
1: see, the thing is is we need to get him in now because he needs to start learning the system, learning the blocks. I mean, again, we talk Dalton Reisner like he's the savior. He didn't play great last year, like, and granted, no, no right. one he did. Is the no, no one did in Broncos country, really. But um, <laughs> but he 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 like he had like a fifty grade in both passing and and uh, run blocking and pass blocking. So it's not like he was this great player that we're suddenly going to sign. And he's going to save the offensive line, but he can provide a bit more stability potentially. But he needs to get in here, learn the playbook, and worst case scenario, if Ed Ingram beats him out, that's mm-hmm. okay. Now we have a really good, solid backup interior lineman who also in college played tackle. So, yeah. I mean, he can really play all five positions, well, four of the five, and I bet he could learn center if he needed to. Yeah, I think so, he played
2: center for, for a little bit as little. well.
1: So Oh, I mean, yeah, I forgot that was like freshman year, I think, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: So so I I mean, what I'd say about Dalton Reisner though, too, is we have to remember he was coached by uh, Coach Cooper uh yep. in, in Denver. So he could probably come in and learn the system a little bit quicker than someone off the street. It's about continuity and and you know communication with the rest of the lineup. But you know, the fact that you know, he was working with, with uh, coach Cooper in Denver two years ago. I Means
1: he was, that was a, his best year too, actually. Yeah. Like I he, think two years ago was his best year. Yeah. And, and he was, and,
2: and he himself had to learn a brand new system last year and the whole Denver system was, was not the best. So, I mean, I, I, I do think that we should hold on to, to Ingram and, and Cleveland for, a, for a little bit longer, but I do think, you know, uh, Dalton Reisner can come in here and, you know, learn the system a little bit quicker than, you know than what we're maybe anticipating, uh, but Matt, to, to your point about the roster cutdowns, I will think it's I, I think we're going to see something different a little bit this year than we have in the past. But at the same time, I thought part of the reason why the NFL instituted this was you know coaches weren't happy going into that last preseason game where you know if they were cut down to what was it seventy two players that yeah. they were they might have had to play some some of their 53 man guys there at the end and risk injury at the bottom of the roster. So I think they wanted to keep the rosters up at 90 so that they could field a team for that final preseason, get the players in that they wanted to see, but not have to risk anyone that they didn't, you know, need to see um, at all. So I wonder if, and it provides an opportunity. You know, one last game for those you know bottom of the roster players to get another game on tape that they can show to, to future you know auditions or or whatever you know tryouts that they're doing. So um, yeah, it, it might see some more movement after this week. So I think this is the final week that coaches really really care about you know mattering. But I think that a lot of it is just trying to protect you know, those, that, that top 53 heading into, you know, that final preseason game.
0: Already bringing the good takes, Nick. Already. I love it. Uh, um, awesome. I uh, I don't have anything else to, to touch on from a, a joint practice, but we will be back um, probably this weekend. I think Flip and Jason are doing a show on Saturday um, following the Vikings Titans preseason game. And more content, obviously coming down the pipeline as well. So, if you're here, thank you, everybody, for listening, watching. Hit like, hit subscribe, uh, and we'll see you all next time on Vikings Happy Hour and Climbing the Pocket. Until next time, everybody, Skull Vikes.